This is ASI's Michelle Bell here with Sharon Eyal, the CEO of ETS Express, and as of Wednesday night, the 2018 Counselor Person of the Year. Congratulations, Sharon. Thank you very much, Michelle. It's a great honor to be the uh, Person of the Year. Well, you and ETS Express have had uh, an incredible year, really. First by dominating the drinkware categories in the Distributor Choice Awards, then by winning the Counselor's Best Places to Work contest, as voted on by your 500-plus employees, and of course, in arguably the biggest news story of the year, the win over Swell in the trademark infringement case by the unanimous jury verdict. Um, Wow. And then, of course, there's your continued success as evidenced by your five-year overall growth of 97%. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's been an uh, an amazing year, uh, which is a nice change. Uh, 2017 was very tough for us between the lawsuit and uh, everything else that was going on to do with that lawsuit. Uh, So it's been a a very welcome change, a well-needed one at ETS. We really needed this boost. And it's been great for morale, not only for me, but for the entire team. I'm sure. I'm sure. So you guys, as we learned at the counselor banquet with the top 40 numbers released, are encroaching on $100 million. Sharon, if I were to ask you two or three things that you could attribute ETS's success to, what would they be? Uh, I think it's very simple. I think most distributors appreciate ETS for being a single category uh, supplier. Uh, We're very, even though... Uh, we, we've, we're almost at $100 million. Uh, we're still operated like a very small supplier and offer that boutique service, so that's the first thing. Second thing is, uh, uh, is our, our designs. Our, our, you know, we constantly design our own product. Uh, we try to innovate and push the envelope as much as possible. Uh, and then our printing capabilities are far superior um, to our competitors because it's the only thing we do, and we do it extremely well. I think uh, many of your clients who gave me quotes for the article I wrote about you being person of the year would agree with that. You know, it's interesting to me that when you started at ETS, which, of course, your dad founded the company, you were 16 years old. What are some of the lessons he taught you, Sharon, that have continued to, um, what's the word I want to use, serve you well? You know, my dad uh, uh, did such an amazing job with both Tally, my sister, uh, and I. Uh, instilling such great business values and business ethics from a very, very young age. Uh, and I hold those near and dear. Till this day, we operate under the same structure that he set forward. Um, he, he just did an amazing job. Uh, you know, when it comes to tools, with no substitution for good tools, if you, whatever you do, no matter what it is, either you do the best that you can or don't do it at all. Uh, and just some of those values that he instilled in us really, really hasn't, hasn't changed over the years, and they never will, uh, as long as Tally and I are running the company. Uh, that's pretty much it, you know. That's it. So I, I think it's interesting that, you know, even from a very young age, your dad said to you, look, if you're going to run this company one day, you're not going to do it by just sitting in an office, that he wanted you to really experience your own working kind of at every diff- different position in the company. Can you talk a little bit about some of the things you did when you were really young? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, my dad's biggest thing was is if you're going to run the company, whether it's this company or if you're going to go off and do your own thing, the, the number one rule of business that you need to know is you never, ever can depend on outside services or anybody. Uh, you need to know how to do every single job from start to finish uh, so you could stay efficient and make sure that everything stays efficient. So, I mean, when I started at ETS, I was cleaning mugs, I was printing, stretching screens. Uh, back in the day, uh, you know, there, we didn't have an image setter or 
computer to screen. So I was shooting film, developing film, uh, uh, shipping, you name it, Tally and I have both done it. Uh, every single job that, that is done today or every single department that we have at ETS, we've done those obviously on a much smaller scale, sure. but we've done every single job uh, in that company. And what are some mistakes you've made along the way since you've been at the company? And especially, I would say, Sharon, since you took over running the company from your dad, what are some things you've learned from? You know, the biggest, uh, I wouldn't call it a mistake, so to speak, but the biggest regret I have uh, till this day is uh, my 20s. I, I worked a lot of hours. I worked hard, but I didn't work. I didn't work smart. Uh, there's a lot of things that I, I could have done differently. For example, uh, letting go of certain things sooner than I did. I wish I would have done mm-hmm. that 10 years before I did. Uh, and then not having the knowledge of a 40-year-old when you're in your early 20s or your late teens, you know, you think you know everything and, and you're gun ho to do everything, but sure. I didn't have the life experience uh, or any, and then I've never worked anywhere else. Neither Tally and I have worked anywhere else. So it was very, we could have done a lot of things to become more efficient, uh, to make our time more efficient, I should say, and, and get our company further. My biggest regret is uh, I wish I would have taken the company further in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at it, I look back now, and it's time lost as far as I'm concerned. Uh, not that we didn't do a good job, but we could have done a better job. I understand. You know, you've always told me that you love this industry so much. Where do you see it, Sharon, in the next three to five years? Do you see disruption due to Amazon? I know a lot of people in the industry are concerned about that. Um, what are your thoughts? You and I have talked briefly about um, distributors and their role going forward in the industry and how that may evolve. Can you talk about that a little bit? A hundred percent. Well, I think uh, mergers and acquisitions are going to continue to happen in our industry. Uh, on the distributor side, uh, distributors that add value and, and, and are a turnkey solution for their clients will remain, and they shouldn't be affected by an Amazon or anybody else. Uh, distributors that are just order takers and, and, and just chasing price and, and working on low margins but don't really add any value for their clients – those are the guys that I think are in the danger zone and it could be extinct as this industry involves. Uh, I welcome Amazon to our industry. I think if anything, both on the distributor side and the supplier side, if anything, we can just learn from them. And those that are willing to learn and adapt and push their companies forward will succeed. Those that are stuck in their old ways obviously will come to an end. You know, it strikes me as interesting that a company like Amazon, which is going to be so, um, put so much emphasis on product safety, Sharon, and compliance, in our recent State of the Industry Surveying Counselor, it's really struck me that still so many suppliers do not throw a lot of resources behind that. You are based in California, which is, again, arguably the, the most strict state in, in, our, in the United States for things like compliance and safety. How do you get around that? Or what are other suppliers going to have to do to kind of get up to speed when dealing with, you know, a behemoth? like Amazon? Yeah, I, will, for, I can't speak for other suppliers. For us, you know, safety and uh, compliance has always been uh, number one on the list. Uh, that's why we hired Leeton. Uh, we got him from Disney, and he put together a phenomenal compliance program for us. Uh, he still consults for us on on and off basis when necessary, and then Adam has taken over that, that part of the company. But for us, the most important thing is product safety and product compliance. I mean, we can buy any one of our items uh, for less than what we're buying it for, but then there comes that sweet spot of when are you compromising the, you know, those factories that are willing to save you a nickel 
to whatever, 15 cents a unit, where's that sweet spot? Are you compromising uh, compliance and safety versus price? Are they using the materials that you're specifying? We do, you know, and, and we verify every year we do, uh, we test every single one of our items. Uh, our aluminum bottles, for example, till this day, we test the liners to make sure they're BPA-free. On every container that comes in, we'll randomly ship out uh, 12 or 24, whatever the requirements are, pieces to the labs to make sure that they're compliant. But for me, it's the number one thing. Uh, it trumps everything is the compliance and safety uh, because at the end of the day, people rely on us to provide them a safe, compliant product, and it is our job to deliver that. So you guys are clearly very proactive about it, but I, my sense is that other companies are more passive. And with companies like Amazon coming into the industry, is my sense correct that that's just not going to work? Yeah, they have to get more up to speed. They do, but it's not only on the supplier side. I mean, I've been on a few sales calls uh, over the last five years, and I've asked, I was just curious, and I've asked even some top 40 distributors, I said, hey, at what point does price versus compliance make a difference to you? And I was alarmed to hear some have said as low as 5%, they would take price over knowing that they're using mm -hmm. a reputable supplier. So the problem is on both sides of the spectrum. Uh, the bigger problem is on the supplier side, the smaller guys, uh, it's very expensive. Our, our annual testing runs us seven figures every year. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, six figures every year. And uh, it's very expensive. So uh, some smaller suppliers just don't have the resources to do what they need to do to ensure that their product is safe and compliant. Sure. So famously, a few years ago, you made the groundbreaking decision, Sharon, to claw back paying distributor rebates. And I'm curious what your stance is on that today. You said in the article that I wrote about you, your profile on being person of the year, that you're always willing to have a conversation with a distributor, but that it has to be a two-way street. Can you tell me, you know, you made that decision a few years ago, where you stand on that now? Uh, well, nothing has changed from the decision uh, I've made uh, a few years ago. It was a hard decision. Uh, even internally, I had to sell our, our own sales team on it. Uh, but I have no regret whatsoever. Uh, I am open to having a conversation with any distributor regarding rebates. But it's got to be a win-win. There's got to be a growth pattern or a growth path uh, for us to engage in the rebate uh, discussion. If it's just strictly a dollar one rebate, with absolutely no benchmarks for the distributor. It's not something that EPS would be interested in. We'd have to look at it, but it definitely has to be a two-way street for us to entertain a rebate uh, program. Do you think it's gotten to a point, Sharon, where it's almost like uh, with distributors, it's, it's something that's expected, almost a sense of entitlement with rebates? Because I have to think that's not how it originally started. You know, I, I don't know if I would call it a sense of entitlement, uh, but it is expected from almost most distributors. And the bigger problem is, the bigger problem is, uh, most distributors uh, have turned the rebates into a profit center, and that's not what it was designed to do. That rebate money was designed for you to either push more uh, self promos or use that budget to market our products or that supplier's products to your. Uh, end users, and that that that's not what most distributors use it for. It's really become a profit center for them, and that's why rebates don't work. Now you scale back and you look at a company like ETS, who's so design focused, and we spend so much money on tooling and molds and product design, so on and so forth. For us to just throw that money away into rebates with no return whatsoever, it just didn't make sense. I rather take those funds and deliver the industry with innovative products that are unique 
and the distributors themselves can make more because the margins are higher. So it really becomes a win-win if you look at it long term. Mm-hmm. The move that we made is a win-win. I am surprised that other suppliers uh, haven't followed suit yet because, believe me, I hear from a lot of them and they complain about it nonstop. Sure. You went first. They could have just followed your lead. Yeah. I mean, we took a lot of heat. We made all the waves. If I was any other supplier, I would have surfed our back on it and, and, and jumped on the bandwagon immediately. And I was surprised that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So despite the industry's, Sharon, quirks and challenges, you have always told me that you love this industry so much and there's no other industry like it if you work really hard. Tell me two reasons why you just love it. I, I love it, number one. As quirky as our people are, we're a fun bunch. We know to have a good time. Uh, that's the first thing, but going back to the business side, well, you show me another industry, period, where whatever you put in, you can get out of it. I mean, a guy like me, uh, who's out of high school, didn't even graduate high school, to go and take ETS from 1.5 million all the way to 100 million, show me another industry that that's even possible, um, and I don't think it's there. Our industry is amazing. Uh, I think a lot of people, especially in retail, look down at our industry, at the mm-hmm. tchotchke industry, but that's not the case. Uh, uh, we have a phenomenal industry where every single person, whether you're an AE at a distributor or you're a supplier, you can pretty much decide your own destiny. There is no cap to what we do. You can go as far as you want to go if you're willing to put in the time and the effort. When you said you were in your 20s and you worked so many hours, how many hours a day did you work? Uh, for me, a 16-hour day was pretty much the norm. Uh, I just wanted to get this company off the ground. I had a big vision. Uh, my goal was, I'll, I'll never share this with anybody, but my goal was to get the company to $50 million by the time I was 50, when I was around 30 years old. Wow. And obviously we far surplus that, but uh, or exceeded that. But uh, I just, uh, all I always think about is, what's the next move? How do we expand? What else can we do uh, to, to generate more, more business and to further grow the company, make it a, bit, a better place, not only for our team members, but for distributors to come and use us for drink work. So for me, working is not a problem. Even today, I still work a good, on a slow day, minimum eight hours. Uh, a normal day for me is a 12-hour day, but I have no problem working 16, 18 hours. I love to work. <laughs> but I do. Well, Sharon, I actually did think of one more question. For you, for ETS, okay. in the next three to five years, what are some of your goals? Uh, my next goal is to take the company from uh, 100 to 150. <laughs> uh, I think we can achieve it fairly quick. And when I say fairly quick, probably within that three to five year window is very realistic. Uh, we're going to go ahead and add some new printing processes uh, and a few other processes. We're going to further improve our product offering as well. Uh, we have a lot, we have a pretty healthy agenda for 2019 and, uh, the team and I are working on it, uh, around the clock right now and further, to further improve what we offer and have more offerings for our distributors. I love that your goals are so lofty. This is, I think, why you were, of many reasons, this year's person of the year. So congratulations, Sharon. Thank you so much. And, uh, thank you for everything that you do for us, Michelle, and the whole ASI team who has been phenomenal. And great to work with and very kind to ETS and I genuinely appreciate that. Well, you're very welcome and again, congratulations on the awards. You deserve it. Thank you so much.